We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Valero Texas Open, final bets, DraftKings picks, the one and done, weather, and everything you need to know to get yourself ready for the tournament. All right? The Listener's League, it is full already. However, the Masters Listener's League with over $100,000 of rake-free guaranteed money is now open. There's already a 1,000 spots gone in the Masters one. There's only 6,667 spots available, so go reserve yours now. If you're going to play in the Valero one, you missed the boat. You might as well get in the Masters one now, so that doesn't happen again, okay? Today is a very special day, too, if you want to get in on FantasyNational.com because you get the weekly membership today, Wednesday. You go Wednesday to Wednesday, so you get all the ability to do your research, make your lineups for Valero because there's still tons of contests available on DraftKings, tons of players to bet on. I haven't even finalized my sheet yet. There's still guys that can be added to that list, so sub to the newsletter for that. But for Fantasy National, go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo right now. You get 20% off. Get the weekly. Get Valero for today, Wednesday to Wednesday, which means you get all the Masters research, the Masters lineup builders, all of the simulations, everything that you want is up there. Well, will be up there once the pricing is released for DraftKings, but you get the Wednesday to Wednesday. So take advantage on the two-for-one, fantasynational.com slash mayo. Tambo, your tidbits are out. I will feature those in my newsletter later on today. All my final bets will be in the newsletter. So if people want to go sub to that, that's down for free in the description. But you have a ton of giveaways that you're doing, aren't you? Yeah, a bunch. We, we gave away that 500 bucks, a happy winner there last week or whatever. And then this week, giving away at least two $100 Millie Maker tickets. Maybe a third, actually. If you if you go and retweet the tidbits at Totag and Tambo, just retweet it. That's it. I'll give away another $100 Millimaker ticket for next week's Masters contest. I know there's the $15, but it's always way nicer when you can play in the $100. You can't, can't give away these 22-22 tickets. Those are a bit too expensive. Maybe if I won the Millie or something at the NBA Live Final, but now we move on to baseball starting this week. So uh, we're talking golf, but baseball starts tomorrow. Dive into those streets. I saw Live Final opportunities over on DraftKings up already. You know a ton about baseball, do you? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> That's the best part. But got some good tools, got some good projections. Do you say would you say you know more about baseball or basketball? 
Basketball. Okay. Yeah, I, I, like I always said this, when I started playing DFS way back, my first big win actually ever was in NBA. I just had more time to grind the sleep. You have to be there. You have to be at your computer. You have to wait for the injury news, actually go and update and do late swap and things like that. Baseball, the nice part is that even if you don't know so much, like you got some general ideas. We play a game, which is DFS. You don't always need to be the best at the sport to be able to be good at DFS for it. I suck at golf also, by the way. But just in general, the news comes out earlier. So you get the lineups out. You understand what the slate is looking like, who's playing who. So it's a fun sport to get into. But I love golf. We're here to talk golf. I think it's going to be a good week this week. Kind of a lull week. Pat, everyone's getting ready for the Masters, and, and you know these weeks can be very profitable because people just, eh, I'll just play the guys everyone says and leave the rest for the other players to play. I, I pointed this out on my research show, which is up right now on Mayo Media Network. Sub to that. Smash the like while you're here as well. A 30 to 1 at Valero is equal to 30 to 1 in the betting market as the Masters. Now, yep. in my world, it actually is more important for me to hit the 30 to 1 at the Masters than at Valero, just because more people see it. Yep. Good for the show. More people come in. But for my pocket, it's the same. Yeah. And Danny Willett history that you've got at the Masters. So it's a, the well-known thing if you can ever pull something like that off again. But The, the amount of people that still bring that up to me. That was like we're, we're approaching a decade ago where that happened. Yeah, it's still incredible. Someone still posted it yesterday on Twitter. It was like, I wish I was, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was like, I wish I was Jeff Feinberg's friend for this. It was just incredible. Like during those times, I remember seeing Spieth back on 12, just bury himself and then oh, watch yeah. Willett come and take the W. I mean, it was nice when I used to hit golf winners. Yeah. Is that how far back it goes? Yeah, no, I, don't I, I think, think so. the last time I hit a winner was Danny Willard at the Masters. Did you remember? Okay, so I couldn't remember. We talked on the show here last week. Did you hit Batcham? I, I don't even know how no, to say I, his I name. No, I only bet. I mean, I just scanned DP last week, and I just bet Thirsty Lawrence. Like that literally made up my whole week. <laughs> I was so happy for that because it was basically getting sold on it by everybody since Monday morning. And I don't know if you know who it is this week that everyone's selling everybody on, but maybe you have them. You're going to go to your betting card and say, do you have Kevin Church, Kevin Chapel this week? Kevin, two, two, Kevin, 225 to one, Kevin Chapel at the start of the week. Did you get him? Like for the Valero? Yeah, to win again at the Valero for a second time. Is it, is it did everyone else withdraw? <laughs> exactly my thoughts. It's not going to end well here for this one, but I've been oh, told. I, I, I have losers I want to bet on, all right? <laughs> Don't worry about ones. that. <laughs> so my betting card for the week shakes out like this. Uh, it starts with Ryan Fox at 50 to one. Okay. Cam Davis, 55 to 1. After I talked, I, I knew he'd sucker me in at some point. So here we are. Apparently, he's not injured anymore, not sick anymore. He had some sort, of, some sort of illness that caused him to be shit. So hopefully, he's not shit anymore. But he's 55 to 1. And I mean, there's no real difference. I mean, yes, the other guys have been, had more success when you look at the top, like Kucher or Taylor Montgomery or fuck, Davis Riley, whoever it might be, Chris Kirk just won. Like, Davis isn't worse than those guys. He's the same as those guys. Same. So that's the way I look at it. So Cam Davis, 55 to 1. Higo, 110 with five places. Batia, 125 with five places. And the Smother Man, 160 to 1. I need to be sold on him later. With five places. I've heard a couple of people mention him. Why, now, so. Did you get the inside info? No. Like, I got the inside info straight that's, from the course. So we want to know. What yeah. is it? What is I, that? I, I'll, maybe I'll we'll reveal it, it a little okay. bit. If not, tell me after. Uh, top 40, Hen- Harrison Endicott, 3 to 1 on a top 40. Uh, one and done, I took Davis Riley. I took I had taken Matt Kuchar on the show, but apparently I had used Matt Kuchar before. So <laughs> How'd that he, work out? Uh, he missed the cut. That was <laughs> Sounds fun. about right. Yeah, okay. at the Honda. So I'm, I'm using Davis Riley. Jeff is using Ryan Fox, and Cust is using Taylor Montgomery Flea Market as his one and done. Coming off a big week, Cust surged back ahead because he had Cam Young last week. Yeah, that's right. He, he's been okay. The Rose win. Well, he had the Rose win. But then Jeff and I caught up to him despite not having a win because he had like zeros for eight straight weeks. Then he gets a second place finish. So now he's back out ahead. And we could have had a third place finish, but we chose Cantley instead of Rory. Yes, that happens. Well, I mean, I don't feel as bad now. 
that it was the third place. Like, if Rory was going to win, I'd be like, oh, fuck. Because I used Rory in one of the other ones. So I think I, I actually now have a team that's ahead of our team. I, I also do. But it's uh, it's at, like, 9 million. The leader is at almost 15 million. That's fine. That's Which, what? Two wins. Incredible stuff. Yeah. That's two wins, though. In, in today's, like, when the players is worth almost 5 million. Yeah, it's true. So. Yeah. The Scheffler one was big, obviously, so. So those are the bets. I have room at the top of the card if you want to talk through this because I, I, here's my issue right now is there are a few guys sub 30 to 1 that I do want to bet, mm-hmm. but I don't, I can't figure out which one that I like more. Like they're all kind of the same to me. Like I like Corey Connors. Corey Connors, you can get up to 25 to 1 in some spots. It's, I think that's a fine bet. I like Siwoo. I can get Siwoo at 24. I like that a lot. Davis Riley, I can get up to 27. I like that a lot. I like Matt Kuchar. I don't love him at 30 to 1. That, I, that is probably a bridge too far. But, like, I have no distinction between these guys. So, yeah. I, in my mind, it's like, well, I want to bet all three of them, but can't bet all three of them. I only really have, I mean, I have room for two if I wanted them. I don't think I want to invest that much into this tournament at the top uh, when it's such a wide open field. And when we talk about the weather in a second, like, who the fuck knows what's going on with that? Yeah. So, do you have a preference between those guys? Uh, the, the, the Kucher call, I kind of like, I'm definitely not going Ricky. I rocked the Puma hat for him. And, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do fully with him this week, but I think just up at the top, there's two things. One, I think there's more. I have more interest in the guys above him, just even though it's riskier with Hideki and his injuries and withdrawals and stuff lately. Hatton with the hand injury possibility, all those factors. But you know, I always ignore those. And but, but you're not getting a break on Hatton. Is the thing you're, you're no. getting a break on Hideki's number. You're not getting a. You're in, if anything, Hatton's wildly overpriced. But very well at, at possible. Twelve to one. Yeah, you you know my saying. I love it. Paying up for probability. It should go with that. We'll see if he's actually owned. I don't know. Some of the ownership projections out there in DK, okay, at least so on DraftKings. I, I think I think DraftKings is a little bit different Separate, with yeah. Hatton and Hideki. I think an outright bet at twelve to one on Hatton in this field. Like what? Yeah. What field? Not betting that. What field would you bet on Hatton at twelve to one? I don't think any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it definitely wouldn't be this one. But uh, again, when you're when you're looking at a different perspective from DFS, I, I get why people are you know bringing that up. But for those guys, I, I like the Kucher one that you brought up. I think that would be the most interesting to me. I, I had some other what you would call losers down the, the board. Like I said, I had the Kevin Chapel two twenty five, Brent Grant two hundred and fifty. That's my guy. Remember Brent Grant? Yes, he withdrew on us at the Honda. Yeah, but he's back. He's ready to go. And then uh, one you didn't. One guy I always love, Nick Hardy, hundred to one. Guy, man. Sucks me in every time. I, I got to try it. So, Hardy, I got Akshay with you. I, I went with the chapel call. These guys told me is this week's Batcham or whatever, however you say his name. So, e- either way, I uh, don't love this. And Ben Martin was another one that I liked. Yeah, I, I didn't like his odds was the problem with Ben Martin. You could get 100 at the start of the week. Then it's dropped since. Yeah, I think it's like 70. 66 or 70, yeah. yeah. That, that's no not, bueno not ideal, of course, yeah. Yeah, so the, the Taylor Montgomery thing. I got my guy inside at the course. Uh, home life. Shaping up well now. Had a baby. Wait, Taylor Montgomery or Austin Smotherman? Smotherman. The Smotherman. Yeah, okay. Smotherman. Go ahead. Continue on. Uh, let's see. Davis Riley has a new caddy since Florida. Yes. Apparently, it's been a huge upgrade because he actually has decent results yes. at this point. Uh, apparently, EVR has been grinding, and apparently, EVR never practices. So, mm-hmm. he's out there in the wind trying to get his shots on the go. And uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, Austin Smotherman locked in since the baby came. The family is traveling with him again. Back to back top 30 finishes. Came fourth here when it was on the Corn Ferry Tour. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, this is the hard part about golf. Like, there are so many, and it's not to say that personal things don't affect people in other sports, but as a part of a team game, you can only have so much influence. And if things are like, think about it in the NBA, if someone's having a personal problem, it's like, oh, designated rest day, and then you adjust. 
From, yeah, you, well, you never play. know. You look at the Cam Davis thing you said earlier. That's the whole point. Apparently, he was sick for two months. We just don't. That's why I always get uh, on this injury report stuff. It's this type of stuff, too. It's not injuries, but it's the personal side of it. Like, you don't know. When we get a caddy change, like Cam Young is getting Paul Tesori, it's only a narrative, but we all like to hop on that because at least it's news that we got. Sometimes it can go bad the other way, but it looked pretty good for Cam Young last week until he was exhausted on that last match, or Sam Burns just burned him. But uh, the Davis Riley thing has been going for a little while, too. Man, on the betting number, what was he, 28 or something you can get him at now? 27? Yeah, 28. I liked it at the start of the week. Uh, now that, you know, everything's picked up steam and a lot of it stems from, again, look, the new caddy, the recent results, things like that. Obviously, he's extremely talented, but also we're going back to like, oh, in 2020 at the Oaks course, he played here and won the, the Corn Ferry Tour event. Is it history? Technically, yes. I, I just like that he's familiar with the course. Yeah, it's good. And, it's and always least, good. Yeah. And the, the one thing that what I like to see from regardless of when you've played it, if it's any time in like the past five years, whatever the course might be, is that if you're like a really shitty putter or you're a very like high variance putter up and down, it's not to say that you're going to gain strokes at a certain course, but at least I know he can gain strokes at this course. No else gains strokes putting at this course? Who? Your boy, Siwoo Kim. Oh, of course. That's that's his spot here. I think it's only a couple times, but he's definitely done well here with the putter, so that's good to know. Uh, the other thing, too, is, again, it's a segue. We're going to go to this weather in a second, but did you did you know in the DraftKings pricing, everyone from 9,700 up is the PM is the wave, PM wave I, and then Davis it. Riley is your first AM guy. So, uh, again, it looks like people, at least if they are stacking, are wanting to go this oh, here, here's AM, how, PM here, route. Here's how it works. If you do the AM, PM stack... Davis Riley, Matt Kuchar, Matt Wallace, Dietrich to start your lineup. Or you could leave off, pick one of Wallace or Dietrich, and then you can get like Brennan Todd and yeah. Sam Ryder. Everyone's lineup's going to look like that. Who does that stack? Because those are the only feasible options that you can fit into your lineup. Well, it's what makes me worry a little bit again about Davis Riley there. Not again, you know, he doesn't suck or do well because of ownership. It has nothing to do with it. We look for pivots and things and leverage and opportunity because of those things. But in general, when you see him here at like 15 to 18% range, but then you realize that all the conversation around the AM PM stacks are coming and he's the guy that fits it. He's 9,500. Like you, you, even if you build the most balanced lineup with him, Kucher, uh, and then who is it after that? You said Wallace, you start with those three, you can still afford whatever you want. So it's like, that's where you're going to see it become even more popular. And then he's going to start pushing 20 plus that probably becomes a, a rough play at that point, even if it is the good wave. Let's talk about that weather. And it's bizarre mm-hmm. this week. And this is the site of the worst weather wave outside of an open championship we've ever seen. So that's always lingering in the back of people's minds. It was like four strokes or something? It was a four-stroke difference between the AM yeah. and PM on day one in 2015, I want to say, 2016 at this course. Uh, anyway, it was huge. Like yeah. it, was, it was ridiculous. Like the, the pins had more lean than Fat Joe when it came down to it. <laughs> they were just back. like sideways, and they just continuously made them play through it. I forgot about that guy. Fat Joe? Yeah, lean is back. He, is he still alive? <laughs> I, I think so, yes. Him and the Terror Squad. Yeah. Ripping it up. Jeez. The issue if you want to do an AM-PM, and I'm saying don't do AM-PM or don't do PM-AM, is that when you go onto WindFinder, and I'm using the San Antonio International Airport, I'll have the link in the newsletter a little bit later on, as we found out when we were looking at it, when you just go to the overall weather, it looks like there's not much doing in the morning. There's high gusts, but the average wind is going to be pretty low, half of what it's going to be in the afternoon. However, when you go to the hour by hour, it's pretty flat the entire day, and it's going to rain all day. So we've seen this happen, where we think we have the the Players' Championship is the ultimate example of that last year, where we thought we nailed the wave, and we did. Problem was, we didn't account that there was going to be a day and a half rain delay. Yeah. 
And then our guys ended up getting stuck in the worst of it all. So I don't know what you can really do with this because it's going to rain all day Thursday and in the afternoon Friday. Like, they might not get the cut line in until midday Saturday. I have a reminder that comes up every year for every tournament, and I have notes that go with that. This year's is very simple. It says, Valero in caps lock, exclamation, 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 remember to stack both waves no matter what. So both waves. And I know it's like everyone's, oh, it's a tout thing. All that. It's not. Here's the deal. Like, this is the thing. Usually in Texas, it's the wind that we account for. That's what everyone's accounting for right now. But because now there's other factors, like I said, it's isolated thunderstorms. You go on weather.com and look at the other stuff. It's isolated thunderstorms all throughout the day. Almost every hour has that there. If that happens, if it's even in the area, whatever it might be, it is going to push it. I never have a problem stacking waves, even if there is no weather factors, just because the idea of you can avoid some of the natural chalk. You can get different naturally, I should say, and avoid some of the chalk in that way. In this case, it actually makes sense, and there's actually a potential that it could happen that way. So I got no problem if you wanted to do like 25, 25, and then just 50% mixed or lean those percentages to whatever you feel is the better wave. I'm just saying I do like to cover my angles at, at this course and when there's even more reason to with the fact that there's the wind plus the potential for the thunderstorm. So I, I do like stacking both ways and you'll get different lineups that way. One thing I will say, Pat, just a strategy tidbit for those watching that don't know, like you, you talked about it there. If you do say, nah, I'm going to go all AM, PM. I think it's for sure that way. I would not be afraid to leave $2,000 on the table. If we end up with a wave where that is, I'm not saying set it up on purpose. My angle is this and Pat already talked about it. Remember, everyone going that way is going to have the Riley's three of those four guys that we talked about. What is it? It's Riley, Kucher, Wallace, and Dietrich? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to start with those guys. And if you just get away from it, if it ends up being, let's say, a two and a half stroke wave advantage to one side, and you don't have those guys starting every lineup, and they fail even in the potential spot that they're in, that's where you can get different and still hit the wave but have the winning lineup where it's just like one of those guys and five others leaving 1,000 to 2,000 on the table. You don't have to use all of your salary, especially when attacking from a wave angle. And even if you use those four, Riley, Kuchar, Wallace, Dietrich, which people will do, you still have 7,200 bucks left yeah. for your last two guys, which is not impossible in this field by any stretch of the imagination. I agree. Oh, Davis Thompson is out? He withdrew and we get a... Cheaper, he was 8100 We get a $7,000 Dylon Woo, your oh. boy. Good thing I didn't bet Davis Thompson. He didn't need to. He wasn't going to do anything anyway, oh, so it kind of sucks. We hope people were going to play him probably too. Poor guy, man. The guy was Poor te guy. tearing it up at match play and lost by three to KMU. He was six under and lost three down. <laughs> probably lucky to be at match play in the first place. Probably. Well, so, he has that second place finish from earlier in the year. You, <laughs> that you're going to hang on to for how long? That's your boy, Davis Davis Thompson. Davis Thompson, and he was great through three rounds at the players, and I think he shot He's, he's actually good. I, I just, like, mess with you on him. But, yeah, it's true. But, yeah, I mean, he's out. We get we get Dylan Wu. We've got Brandon Wu in the field, too. Uh, you know, people were talking about pairing them up and going uh, top 40 special with both. It pays, like, plus 600-ish. That's, that's not bad. Top 40 for both. I, I don't mind that. Interesting. Wu squared. Wu squared. You for, get Siwoo in there, too. Ooh. Get there, that There's going. your lineup. Yeah, start it off. One and done. Yeah, what for, are we doing here? For the week. I don't know. Uh, not not Riley for me. We're down to 566th place. We're not far off. Hatton? I don't think <laughs> anyone's going to use him. Probably not. Okay, who, so who are the other options? Because not Ricky, not Riley for me. Okay, so Hatton, Siwoo, Connors, and Kirk. We have Montgomery, Cooch. We do have Riley. Uh, and Ricky. Should we just play Connors? What do you think? that's almost where I keep leaning back to all the time. But if it's going to be... But he's so good. Like, it just sets up so perfect. He, he is, just puts it in the fairway. Doesn't so, matter if you're in but the... So does, but so does Siwoo. The, the only difference between Siwoo and Connors is Siwoo might putt. 
And if they do start missing greens and regulation, they're both very high, highly ranked. They're both two of the better greens and reg guys in this field. And they're both two of the most accurate players in this field. Is that Siwoo can get it up and down if he needs to. Connors can't. Yeah, that's true. Like if, it, beca- if it becomes like a hard few days and the cut line ends up being like plus three, plus four, like we've seen at this tournament, like this is not an easy course. Mm-hmm. And Bombers don't have like a distinct advantage here uh, because the, I mean, I think it's at least two of the power fives you have to lay up. So it's not like your distance is going to get you anything crazy on those. I worry about the Siwoo blow-ups too, though. That's always a factor. But he's been really good at this course. Yeah, I mean, he, Connors has won, obviously, but Siwoo's been in the mix a bunch of times here. I know, because I bet him at this tournament every year. It's usually at like 60-1, to 1, not 20-1. to 1. So do you, do you think I, we prefer Connors, Siwoo over Hatton? It's not, I mean, honestly, to me, too, it's also we're not saving anyone for anywhere. There's nobody here that I no, care no. about, so I just want to play. That's why, that's why I'm saying Hatton is you get the guy who's 12-1, to 1, we have no idea if this hand thing is actually bothering him or not. Yeah, I don't know if that's a big deal. Like, I mean, why, why would he even play here if he just move on to the Masters? Exactly, and like, it's, he didn't play, like, super poorly at the match play. Dude right. couldn't make a fucking putt to save his life. Yeah. But when I went and looked at his splits, like, the greens at Austin aren't, like, the fastest, but they're not slow. These greens are fucking slow. And Hatton dominates slow greens. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Let's go with Hatton. I'm not saving him for anything, so... Yeah, and like it's a good spot. There's for- there's arguments against Connors and Siwoo. Hatton is the hand thing, but like I always just disregard that, and it's whatever. He's still twelve to one. He's playing here for a reason. He's you know you talked about. It. He's he's just he's not the class of the field because it's not like this field is is super heavy anyway. But in, as far as strength of field, but I just mean in general, he's twelve to one. He's fine. I'm just good using him and moving on. Uh, the other part of it too that I, I spoke to you briefly before we went on air is if this does get pushed, that's my only concern about any of these guys at the top is that if there's, like, extreme weather Thursday and Friday and they just can't get everything in on the weekend and it spills over into Monday, all the guys that are in the Masters are probably like, fuck this. Mm, I still think they're too far too deep. If Hattons has a chance to win the tournament. If he has now, a chance to win. It, but, look, but for us, we're already dead I, anyway. I guess it doesn't if matter. If he's 40th and he bails yeah, because of that, who cares? Anyway? We were done either way. So. I, I was thinking more now from, like, a DraftKings perspective. I, I agree, and, and it's definitely something you could think of. But if you're thinking, like, again, I remember we used to do this all the time. Spieth played here one year and Ricky played here back in the day, like things like that. We we're like, oh, they're not going to do well. Like then they're in the mix to and win the Spieth thing. Wins, yeah. And Spieth literally won it. It's like they're not going to pass on a win just because they want to get down to a guy. The guys are there already. Like Rory said he was going back again. He's not here. It doesn't matter for this. I'm just saying Rory's like, I'm going back again one more trip this week again. These guys are always going there that can to get their reps in to be able to figure out what's going on for when they do get there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
DraftKings. Let's jump into it. Uh, in terms of the most popular, like you said, the AMPM split. I don't think it's going to be as overemphasized because I think that the more we look at it now that the rain is factoring into it, just and people have been burned by these splits so often. But the tricky thing about the splits is you only really need to get it right once, and then when you get it right, you better you be shape. right. You got to be right. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't mind allocating something to it because like I say nobody really does. So your percentage is so small in these large field tournaments when you say, okay, I'm going to do 30% of my lineups and you've got that set up for your, uh, your 45 lineups. The point would be is it's not much in the grand scheme of things because you're going up against, what, 100,000 other lineups or whatever tournament you're in with all these people. But the point being is that you still are at least having something to give you an out if it does become extreme or if the delays and the thunderstorms cause these, I mean, there's rain involved during that too. You get these extremely soft conditions. They come back out, they just tear it up and it's good to go. That could be a huge factor. So I don't mind doing that at least with some of my lineups just to make sure I have angles in. Per fantasynational.com, once again, fantasynational.com slash Mayo, get the weekly Wednesday to Wednesday, boom, two tournaments for the price of one. One of those being the Masters. I prefer to do it the, if it was me, I'd go like Wednesday to Wednesday Masters through Heritage. But that's me. I just go monthly, so or I save just money. Go, just go annual. Or whatever, yeah, whatever you want to do. I, anything that I'm subscribed to, I try and get it off my mind and just have it so I get the best deal possible. Well, so yeah, you go to the grocery and, and, store. Yeah, if you get the annual, you save the most money. You I, go to the grocery store, you compare the deals. I don't know if everybody else does this, but I'm, okay, what's this one per this, this one per that? I always just buy the one up because you're saving. Siwoo, Kirk, Fowler are the three that are jumping out in terms of ownership on Fantasy National. Mm-hmm. Now, if I go to calculated ownership, it's Siwoo, Fowler, and Kirk. Uh, would be the three. How do you rank them? Like in terms of who I want to play? Who do you think's the best? What do you think the best order of those three is? I think that's the order. Siwoo, Fowler, Kirk. Ooh, wow. I've got Kirk, Fowler, Siwoo. Yeah. And I actually don't like Sa- that Sounds much. like you're disrespecting Siwoo. Yeah, I am. Why? I don't know. I, I just think about the, the price that goes with it and the fact that the ownership is up really high on them. And I think it'll be even higher in the higher stake stuff that uh, for me that's where I'm looking and I'm bumping him even higher there in the ownership so then he comes down my board quite a bit with just other options above and below okay let's start out with the elephant in the room the two highest price guys is anyone using them me okay now what I'm seeing is an ownership of around 15% on Hatton and an ownership around five to seven percent on Hideki yeah I've got I've got 15 to 20 because it's tough to tell what people will do with Hatton so I put a wider range I do lean to the underside close to like 15 18 and then on uh, Hideki I have seven to ten so uh, he may be lower though maybe it's five to eight you could put on him I I like to range it out like you know then three points or so if I can but I'd say five to eight might be more fair for Hideki not many are going there you just gonna start Hatton Matsuyama in some Really? Yeah, there's definitely guys you can use at the bottom, and we're at that situation again because, well, for one, we don't have a Rom, Scheffler, something like a Rory at this tournament, but remember back to the tournaments when it was Rom at 10-8, and again, I'm not classifying Hatton as Rom, I'm saying it's the pricing setup is what I'm discussing. It does give you the ability to do it very easily, and there's lots of options and ways you can go about it. You skip the natural chalk ranges of like the Siwoos, the Rileys, the Coochers, the, the Ben Griffins, the guys that are getting ownership. You just can't play those guys when you start with two 10K guys. And you can do it differently. You can go Hatton Connors, uh, some of those. You can have Hideki, Montgomery. You, you can do something unique at the top because I do think this is, if you were going to call a class of the field, these are the guys. But is there that much difference is what people will say when you go down to the 9K, 8K range between them and the guys at the top? Probably not as much. So... Balance builds could work out too there. So what do you want to do with the bottom? Well, like to do what guys do I want to use at the bottom? Yeah, so let's try to build our pool of the bottom guys that we can go into. What's the lowest you think you're going to go? Because I see at least two guys at 62 I kind of like. 
Oh, I deleted all guys 6,200 and below off my page. Who do you like? Uh, Succession just came back. So Kendall Roy, a.k.a. Kevin Roy. Kevin Roy, yeah. At 62. And the other one is Trevor Werblew. Yeah. Werblew? Yeah. He hasn't missed a cut in ages. Yeah, maybe I'll write those two down. Uh, I do like Trevor a little more, He hasn't missed a cut since the Sony Open. One, two, three, eight cuts in a row. These these guys could definitely... Are they both 6,200? Yeah. Yeah, I just deleted them off my sheet, but I'll put them back and have a look at them when I get home later. But I don't mind them. I know them. Like I'm saying, um, I believe they both played last week at the Corrales and were they did somewhat uh, okay. Trevi, Trevi was 64th, okay. but he had been up there and then had fell, fell back, back. aka Martin Trainer syndrome. I think I had him top 40. That's how I want to remember. But go ahead. And Kevin Roy was 50th. So Roy yeah. missed the cut at Valspar, missed the cut at Pebble Beach. Top 30 at Honda, top 35 Puerto Rico, 50 at the Corral. It's nothing great, but his underlying stats are really like his approach game is top notch. Mm-hmm. So he can pop for that price. I kind of like a um, guy that came through for me last week, Kevin Tway, 6,500. You back on Tway? Dad's dad's guy. Yeah. Kevin Tway, got to get back on. I remember the dad content. He's the dude. So uh, I don't mind him. And then. Uh, so Brent, Brent Grant at 64 is probably your guy. I actually uh, didn't tag him here. I bet him at the number. I was explaining this to someone too, but this is an example. But like Brent Grant, 250 to one with an each way of eight places, I'm going to take a shot. Uh, when people are betting EVR this week, I know why they're doing it at 125 to one. He was literally 30 to one at some tournament, very equi- like equivalent to this recently and then came out. So the number is good to bet him at. It doesn't always mean I'm going to back him or play him in this. So uh, I don't know. Brent Grant will probably fit into some for sure. But he's not my favorite guy. Like I said, I do like Tway down there. Uh, Michael Kim is also at yeah. 6,500. I was just looking at Michael Kim. So he's made five of six cuts. He has two top 11 finishes over that time. He was top 30 last week at Corrales. He was fifth in Puerto Rico. The weaker field events, he's doing mm-hmm. all right at. So yeah. I, I don't mind that. Kadira is snuck into the field late. The stats love Kadira. What's his price they put him in at? 6,100. 60- okay, he's another guy I got to look at too. I know they added him when uh, I think it was... Brian Gay or somebody went out and then he ended up getting in. But so his ball striking has been top notch, but he's just not playing all that often. You know what you're getting with with Toshi there. You're gonna you're you gonna, have to hope he finds a putter. Yeah. Because if not, he's gonna hit all the fairways. He's gonna scramble. He's gonna hit greens and regulation, which is kind of what you want at a tournament like this. Yeah, I won't uh, say I love these guys, but the ones that like again down here, there is a lot of names that you can play that I think are still fine. Like Henrik Norlander, Chesson Hadley, Peter Malnati. You know some of the guys standing out: Kevin Twake, Michael Kim, Doc Redman is 6,400 was a guy I like there even more than Grant. So just some of those guys that I'm going to take shots on that I think can make a cut and then give you upside where they finish 40th or 35th, but score in the top 30 or top 25 and still end up okay to make things work up top. So again, don't think you need to go crazy down here. Other guys, uh, Fratelli at 6,800. I've got interest there. And then uh, Mark Hubbard at 6,900 as well. I I think are all okay plays. Poor Mark Hubbard got caught in a bunker. At the Valspar, and that was the end of him. That was the end of him for that one, yeah. Ryan Gerard, 66. Everyone loved Ryan Gerard. I think even last week during the Alt event. I mean, the stats like Ryan Gerard, although it's albeit a very limited sample, he has 16 total rounds mm-hmm. to go off of. Do you have any interest in him? No. What about Crazy Carl Wong? Uh, sometimes I do, but not here. Like I said, uh, like again, the other guys around him. I just, I like Kevin Tway. He's 6500. Kevin Tway. Okay. Yeah, I've seen some people bet him. He hasn't been as talked up as Kevin Chappell. I didn't even see Kevin Chappell 6,700. I, I, where is this Kevin Chappell stuff coming from? I think it's like, so if you look, I'm pretty sure it's like three top 30s now. The, the approach game has been dialed in. I the mean, fact that he won here we, in the we, past. We, we think the approach game is dialed in. It's dialed in until it's not, of course. I mean, it's dialed in. I mean, we're, I'm showing two blanks on his approach number because he played fucking Corrales in Puerto Rico. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta dig deeper. That's all. Okay, I, I'm a, okay. What is he hitting a ton of greens regulation? Yes, Paul. Yes. I feel bad for Tambo. His chair just keeps sinking, sinking. sinking <laughs> I know. So I, I literally had to fix it. We have another show, chair lot. here. Do you want to switch? Do you want to switch the chair? Maybe for good mojo. Yeah. Let's that's... try it. All right. Let's, let's switch it, it up. Right. Switch it up. I'll vamp. Kazuki Higa is also down here as well at $6,900. I wrote him up in the column this week. Just a little bit. Uh, Japanese player, 27 years old, won the Phoenix Dunlop. That's how he's in the Masters. He's in for next week. He's top 90 in the world rankings, so he's not an absolute scrub. Glover, didn't we have a thing? Was it Glover or Kazire that when it was in Texas, we always just played them, and they always did great. So Glover, been... Glover is good here. Like I know uh, Kenny talked about him on Monday. Oh, he even yeah. likes him for I think cash games. He was talking about how he's how good he's been. Might have to go first round leader. The glove, the glove. I, I might I, I might think about that more than anything else. But uh, I, I did. He did like him. Throw him in a throw him in a lineup for Kenny. Is he sixty four hundred? He's sixty nine hundred. Oh wow. See that's a bit much. But that's okay. And, and Smotherman is right there as well. And I like Smotherman better. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but you know who I do want to use this week. Pearson Cooter. Oh, God. $6,900. Still the best. People love that one, too. Uh, 6900 for him. Well, how much was uh, Patton you just talked about? Because I, I guess... I don't even know if he's playing. He is. Oh, he is for sure. Is yeah, he? yeah. I put him in the tidbits. So like some good 90. thoughts. Oh, he's 7500 That's why. Yeah, I'm going to be playing some Kazire. There was some... Uh, I got a little desire to play some Kazire because of the comparisons. Some of the, the correlation courses and stuff that go with it. What do you see are the correlation courses? I think that was, what was mentioned in the tidbits was around uh, Sony Open. Okay. Brought some of that into it, and obviously he's done well there, and I think there was some other correlations with that in the past. Again, I don't think it's always about course setup specifically and all that, but it was the, the breakdown was good. It's in the tidbits. He's a guy at 7,500, but it's, it's pricey. We're still down in the 6K range. What, did you like my Fratelli call? Uh, I kind of like him. I mean, I don't like Smelly Fratelli. He just, I feel like he's a guy that can come through though, man. Like he's a one that can actually pop, not just a made cut, like could show up and actually do something. I feel like this field is too weak for Fratelli. If he's going to pop, it's going to be like at the open championship. It's like the the masters. Like when Denny was at the open or at the, uh, the U S open in the top five or whatever. It's like the same type of feel with with Fratelli. Yeah. Um, I think I'd rather play Cootie and Smotherman and obviously Batia is at 7,000. Yeah. Love Batia. Who, Who doesn't love Batia and wants to see him do well? Yeah, he's he's right there. And your boy Dylan Wu is seven thousand. Are you doing Chuck Hoffman experience here? No, definitely not. I know people. Okay, I, here's what I don't understand: if we're going to talk about like Chapel's underlying numbers, I mean Hoffman continues to gain on approach. He just can't putt. You can putt here though. I've seen that. I've seen him sink me with putts at this course. Yeah, that that range is pretty loaded. But again, when you go up to seventy one hundred, there's like I would just probably play Ryan Palmer instead of him. Ugh. Guy, there's there's some other good stuff on him too, and then we know he can always show up in the wind. He's uh, AMT time if you're doing your AMPM stacks as well. So I like Ryan Palmer there. I always play Joey B. Bramlett. I think he's interesting. Bramlett rates out really well for me. He, him, Ben Martin, and Ryan Palmer actually back to back to back at seventy one hundred dollars are all sitting top twenty in the past twenty four rounds for me. Luke List yeah. is fifth. Ryan Palmer. Fun. Guess what? Ben Martin, Ryan Palmer, Joey B. All AM guys. They are. So let's, uh, le- here, we haven't done a lineup yet. Let me plug that in for a starting point. We'll do an AM, PM with those guys for later. Uh, what did we say, Palmer? I mean, you can play the top four guys that we talked about and two of those guys and you have a lineup. So it's, pa- oh yeah, so what is that? It's Palmer, Bra- Palmer, Bramlett, and there's one more you said. Oh, Ben Martin. Yeah, we don't need all three of them. We just need two of them. Uh, let's, let's use all three, Pat. Yeah, but we can go. Davis, we, we, Riley, Kucher, and Wallace, we said, right? And Dietrich. Yeah, but we don't, we can just leave. So there's my point. Okay, this is a great example. You leave $1,500 on the table. With a lineup that's viable. And if the AMPM rolls, 
everyone else is going to have the mid-tier 7K guys that fill that out. You you just left the 1500 bucks on the table and played the three guys at the bottom that all rate out very well and all play in the morning. So it's just an example where, you know, I'm not as concerned about salary on the table this week to bring that up. Okay. I mean, I, I would prefer to have Thomas Dietrich in my lineup than Brian Palmer if it came down to it. If I was just thinking objectively about who's better. I think everybody would, yeah. That, that's what people want to do. And he's 8400 You can do that and you're done. But then I think you have a lineup that most people have for the AM because you've got Riley, Kucher, Wallace, and Dietrich. You took all four of the top four AM guys and you landed on a similar range that people will land on. So that's how, how I would look at it. I don't hate it. I'm with you. But yeah, we can keep it rolling here. Who, who are some? Tyler Duncan? So let's, let's, let's try this. Let's, who do you like the best of? I mean, you can just roll this lineup three times if you want to and just kind of sub one of them in and out. Well, let's say we just excuse that range of guys or pick one of them. Let's pick one of them. Do you like Palmer? I would, I would, I would like Palmer, yeah. You like Palmer better than Bramlett and... I, I like Joey B and Palmer the most of those ones for sure. Yeah, let's go with, let's go with Bramlett. I, I prefer Bramlett. So Bramlett, so, Dietrich, take out Martin, take out Palmer. Well, we can throw Dietrich back in. So let's leave... Actually, no. Take Dietrich out. So what I was thinking about doing here, or maybe we actually take them... Okay, take Bramlett out. Put Dietrich in. Okay. Dietrich. So we have 7,200. Who was the cheapest guy that we liked? From but the who game? else do you have in it? I have, just I have the top four. So D- Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I will probably tell people right now, besides whatever we make on this show and I save, because I'm just throwing it like You're the, just not doing the that. The $15, I'm probably making a rule to separate that because I just don't want this. But it, you have Kucher, Wallace, Dietrich, Riley. And, and Riley. Right? Yeah, you get 7,200. You can go... I mean, MJ Duffy's been playing a lot better golf recently, and I like him at hard courses. Like, that's why I played him at the U.S. Open last year. And he was going great until he had to hit off the hospitality deck. Yeah. I think he was leading after two rounds. I like him if you want to do, like, first-round leader or something, too. He'd be all right. Yeah. So the glove is in the morning. So let's throw the glove in to this one instead because Smotherman plays in the afternoon. So now we get to the glove at 69. Now we have 7,500 to go with. Is Kazire the morning? He is. I like that lineup better. Let me see here. So if I take out, or no, so I'm putting in Glover at the bottom. Glover and Kazire with the top four. Oh, Glover. Rather and- than two of those guys, oh. right? I do think that the natural lean is going to go to. Now, you could do this the same way as you just built your other one, but instead of using one of Bramlett, Palmer, or whoever, just upgrade one of them to Kazire. should talk about that real quick then, because that's another thing, too, people might want to know. Like, those four guys... You always get me to rank things. I'm the worst at it. But to, to, to ask you, like, to rank, like, who, where, how do you rank them? It sounds like you like Dietrich quite a bit. But you've got Riley, obviously, is the, the favorite in there. So it's Riley, Kucher, Wallace, and Dietrich. What, what do you see those guys? I, I think I got Kucher first. I go Riley and Kucher and Wallace, all basically the same. Dietrich just behind. But you like Dietrich. I like Dietrich enough. No, I don't really. I like Dietrich to come, like, 15th. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I would have – I think I've got it Kucher – then Riley, then Dietrich, then Wallace. Even, I don't even know, then Wallace, then Dietrich. I don't know, those two to me are more the same, and it's the two up top that I struggle with. But like I said, with Riley being the top-priced AM guy, just from a a thought perspective on the slate, I feel like it's going to be that his ownership just keeps going up and up. And I don't even know, like his ownership is going to be very high at this point, it looks like. Sure, but Kucher, as we looked at, already rates out higher than he does. So Kucher might push like 40%. If people are going AMP, yeah, I don't like it that high, but yes, it'll he'll get up there as well. You're right. So if you want to fade one of those two, go to the next. The best AM guys after that are Shank, Hoygard, 
throw Hoygaard in there. Hoygaard for a tournament. R- Rye and Todd are both going to be very popular, as is... I don't know if Sam Ryder's going to be popular or not, but Ryder and Putnam at 78 are both AM guys as well. And Alex Smalley, who I actually do like, is 7600 bucks. Yeah, I like Smalley too. So you could build almost like an op... If you wanted to fade Riley or Kucher, let's say. Mm-hmm. You could build an AM lineup that looks like this. Let's get into it. You might not need to go down as low as Glover if you take out Riley. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. And uh, go Smalley for Riley. You go Sma- Smalley and Kazire. Let's throw in. Smalley and Kazire. Lands you on 8,800. Hoygaard. Cooch. Wallace. What do you got? $9,200. So you play Dietrich. And then you leave 800 bucks on the table. Or whoever it is that you like. Maybe you like Shank a little bit. Who was the last? So I got Wallace, Smalley, Dietrich, Kucher, Kazire. Hoygaard. Oh, yeah. Nice. Almost won last week, by the way. Matt Wall- And you got two. Uh, you have Matt Wallace was the winner last week. Hoygaard was the guy that landed it to 15 feet, 14 feet, and could have made the tie and go to the playoff at Corrales. So in- interesting setup there as well. But these all Here was the shitty thing. I wrote up Wallace before he won. And then? He won. Yeah. So now I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And the whole point was he just he has been dominating the non-elevated events. Like, oh, you wrote him up for this week. For this week before, before the won. tournament ended. I wrote him up on Saturday, published the column, and then he wins on Sunday. Like, oh. What's crazy too is he also last I looked was like fifty or sixty to one. It's very hard to go back to back. It's hard to even win any time on the PGA tour. But I thought that was pretty crazy coming in. Like you said, you liked him even before. He goes out and gets the job done. The odds still stay up there. It's like, man. He's forty to one now. Yeah, it dropped then. It was it was higher than that for sure. Yeah, it opened at fifty, I think. Okay. Anyway, that I think those are the different ways that you can play the AM. The problem with the AM PM is like you said, there's just so few options at the top that everyone has to play the same guys. Mm-hmm. That's why, that's why I think if you're doing it, I got no problem with it. I'll just set some of the, either the rule that I was just talking about, maybe at most three, three of those four guys that we talked about, and you do it that way, or leave salary. Like, put 48-5 as your min and leave 15. I, I'll, I'll go as even 48. I don't care at a tournament like this because I don't think it matters. If someone's getting that type of wave advantage, there is so many guys where the talent gap is not that big between the numbers of a $6,900 guy and a... $7,900 guy, there's your 1000 right there. 80, we don't just have a lot of options moving up any further. That's why it's tougher to say. But even then, at 8400 or 6400 it's going to sound bad on paper, but it's literally just a few strokes here and there. And if there is an advantage in their favor, it's not going to make a difference in your lineups. So if we're going to play the plays here. Just forget it? like well, that, Forget the wave for a minute, you mean? Forget the wave. Let's try to build what we think is going to be the most logical cash game lineup this week. Okay. I think it's... Connor's Kucher to start, or Connor's Kirk. Or Siwoo. Now, I think more people will play Connor's than Siwoo. Really? Unless they, unless you can fit Siwoo, Kirk, and Kucher all into a lineup by themselves. I think Siwoo's for sure popular. All right. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree that he's going to be popular, but can you jam in three $9,000 guys so, into something like this? If you, even if you go Connor's, Kucher, Siwoo, you still have 7000 What if you go... Well, do you... I think Kucher is less owned than those other two. Siwoo might be one of the highest owned on the slate. I mean, I, he's inside the tie of, like I said, Siwoo, Kirk, Fowler, Kucher, Connors, those five. And then, so here's what I also see, too, is that Todd and Rye are both going to be pretty highly owned at $7,900. So let me see what happens if we take out Kucher. Because the Connors and Siwoo start, to me, seems pretty popular. You add in Rye and Todd, you still have 7200 Yeah, this is the build for the play of the plays. Because now you can do whatever you want here, right? Like, who, who's the guy at the bottom you're seeing that's going to be popular? Do you like Todd? 
I did more when the ownership wasn't 15 to 20% range. Do you like Rye or Todd more? I mean, I always lean with Aaron Rye, especially like if... I always like Rye as well. If, but If I, we're, we're going to get some windy conditions, yeah, yeah, sign me up for some Rye. The one thing about him, it's just, it's always the hardest is, man, he will miss the three footers. Oh. So this is the thing with Rye. He'll miss the greens for sure. He is so good at scrambling and around the green that he'll put it to three feet and you're like, ah, comfortable. <laughs> and then he goes and misses the putt. He's literally the most tilting guy and he's definitely good. It just sucks. But I think also you got Putnam there that people can play as well. So it is kind of like pick your poison between those three, even though it looks like Rye and Todd have the ownership. Putnam still looks good too at 7,800. He at least got out of his group last week, was playing okay. Make it, those groups were tough to get out of last week. There were some really low scores that weren't getting through, as you mentioned earlier with Davis Thompson. The disrespect for Garrett Higo. Now he's not, Gosh. as, as I, I tweeted out earlier, like he's 110 to one. You got, you got to go for it. And someone tweeted back at me. He should be like minus 110 in this field to win they wanna, he's that good they want to earn your your praise because that's definitely not true and 110 is a fair number but you love that guy so uh, even sa- even saying at this let's say let's stay with todd and rye it leaves you 7200 so, for your final two spots what so is uh, of the owned guys ben martin rates out to be the highest owned of that like little group at 7100 dollars. so you throw him in now all of a sudden that's the reason i brought up Higo because he's 7300 and that's what you get left with if it probably do, is him. I, I think it is. I, it's Eric, either Higo or Cole. Yeah, I gotta say Cole projects for a little bit more. Okay, Cole is PM. He goes AM. So Higo probably actually gets the ownership. Not that we're building a wave stack. I'm saying if people go that way with stacks, I think it leaves Higo. The other way, you Higo, could, Higo, I don't know. Higo. Potato, I, I don't potato. think you. I don't think you want to be throwing Higo into a like play the best plays line. Like neither do I. I. That's what I said. I Unless just it's a showdown lineup, then you play him every time. Who is the guy you said at 71 again? That was, that was it was Ben Martin. Oh, Ben Martin, Ben Martin. Yeah, that's right. I'm fine with that. That makes sense to me. And then it lands you on 73. But you could go to a guy at 72, 71, whatever you think it's actually Sure, like be. the ones that are showing ownership, uh, EVR, Will Gordon, Lingmurth, Bramlett, Higo, Eric Cole would be that mix of players that are right there. Do you like Samuel Stevens, Sam Stevens? I did last week. He did, he did some stuff for me there too. Yeah, he was in the – he was a third, third-round leader. Yeah, what's his price again this week? He's, he's 7400 he's, he's just slightly too expensive. Yeah, he's getting more... I think he's even getting more love than my guy Nick Hardy, so it's tough to... He is. I mean, there's another way that you can do this. That's why I asked you if you wanted Rye or Todd, because you could take Rye or Todd down to Nick Taylor, who's also showing a bunch of ownership at well, 76, and then get yourself back up to that 75 with your last guy if you wanted that. I think it makes more sense to take one of them to Putnam. And because of last week and because of how he is here, and then you can get to 74, which is like a Nick Hardy or a Sam Stevens or something like that. We're talking about play the best plays. Nick Nick Hardy can't be. He's uh, in the mix. He's not in the mix. <laughs> if he goes in the mix, Nick Hardy's in the mix. I mean, at least Higo makes cuts. Yeah, Hardy don't. Hardy, Hardy had cut. a run that was like better than his. Just didn't have the win that that Higo got. I mean, so Higo also won three times last year, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. All right, well, who's the guy you like at 7,500 then? Kazire? Yeah, it's Kazire. All right, so let's do that. Let's go. Um, who, who are we going to take him down to, you said? So we'll keep Rye. We'll take Todd to Taylor. Todd to Taylor, then you have 76 if you want. I mean, I prefer Alex Smalley to any of those guys, but Kazire I think is a pretty good option there too. Or you could do what you had said earlier, uh, is just go to Putnam, and then you could have Ben Ann if you wanted it. No, I don't want Ben Ann. You don't want Ben Ann? No, not in a play the best plays lineup. I think it's actually Smalley, who you said. He's, he's fine in there. He, he definitely looks pretty solid at that price point. Would you, well, would you want Kazire or would you want Smalley? 
That's what I'm trying to debate here. I think Desire like is likely safer. Yeah. As, as weird as that sounds. I like Smalley better. I like Smalley. Be- I like Smalley better too. But we could put Kazire in there just to keep it. So it's Siwoo, Connors, Nick Taylor, Rye, Ben Martin, Kazire. So it's one ten, one nine, two low ten, high nine, four sevens. All right, now let's. How do we work off of this? Who are the worst plays in the lineup? I I don't like Nick Taylor this week, but that's nothing against Nick Taylor. He could be great. I just have no feelings towards him whatsoever. Canadian on Canadian violence? I mean, I can't just like every Canadian because they're Canadian. I want to leave the Canadians. I like Nick Taylor and Connors. I I prefer Connors, I'd pull Siwoo and I'd pull Martin, I think. Yeah, I I don't love – I feel like the Ben Martin train is about to come to an end here. So if we – I'd even pull Rye, actually. So let's pull out Martin, Rye, and Siwoo for a second and leave our guy Kazire. Now we can get away with plugging in our guy Smalley. Who we like, and it leaves us eighty six hundred for two. So eighty six hundred for two. Ooh, if you're looking ben, at it, Ben Griffin Wallace. It actually gets us Davis Ryan Fox. All right, let me see that one. Davis Ryan. No, it doesn't get us. No, it, it does not. It, it, we're we're a hundred dollars short. It, it can get us Wallace and Griffin if you wanted like the um, another best plays version that's different. Those are of, obviously good plays. The guy literally just won last week. Ben Griffin's been a cup making machine. We I, like Smalley. I understand that. Still but has like, the other three. But, Listen, I like Ben Griffin. Ben Griffin, great dude. Need a mortgage? Go talk to Ben Griffin. <laughs> but if I can get up to Ryan Fox for $300 more, like Ryan Fox is a significantly better player. Family guy, Griffin, Ben. <laughs> all right, all right, let's go back. Let's go up on our, our guy, Ryan Fox, here. We may need to make another move because I don't even think there is anyone. You can go. Oh, I deleted Shank, I think, too. Just let me yeah. see. You have Shank and Hoygaard and Todd and Rye are still right there as a part of that range with $8,200 left. Now, you could take Nick Taylor down. You could take Smalley down. You could take Kazire down $100 and get to Cam Davis. I know what I love. You're not going to like it, but I'm putting it just for later. I like going with taking Kazire down to my guy Kevin Tway, and I get Kuchar. So now you get Connors, Fox, Kuchar, Smalley, Nick Taylor, and Kevin Tway. Kazire down to? Kazire goes down 1000 to Tway. And you're 8,200 from Shank. Thousand down to Tway. That's why it's free, man. Too too cheap for old Kevin. And he had a good week last week, I believe. I don't remember exactly how it finished, but I know on Sunday he battled for me. And that was nice enough. I'll take it. Tway. Let's see here. Kevin Tway last week at Corrales finished 38th. And and Sunday was decent, I think. I can... I could have had it up, but it doesn't matter. Either way, it was good enough. Trust me. Tway was 71 in the final round. With lots of scoring. So, like, uh, he made, like, three eagles and then bogeyed everyone. No, I don't think that much. But it was, it was a good Sunday scoring-wise. I do know that. So, Kevin Tway, Kuchar, to me, I like more than, like, a Shank Kazire. Okay. It depends what you like. I guess the other two kind of sound better on paper, but I'm good with Kevin Tway this week. So, I would rather get another upper-end guy and, and like I- Kuchar. We're going to have a lot of variance in this tournament, too, because of the setup of the weather we talked about and the fact the strength of field is not really strong. Like, the guys at the top aren't really the best guys. They're just, they have to be priced there. What do you see? So, I'm playing my version of this that I like a little bit more. And, listen, you could always save money if you want to go Connors down to Connors down to Cebu. Cebu, yeah. Or Connors down to Montgomery mm-hmm. at the same time. Talk about him in a second. Go ahead. Or Ricky. I mean, I, the numbers like Ricky this week. I objectively like Ricky. I actually think he might be a better DK play than Hatton and Matsuyama. What do you think his ownership is going to be? I don't know. I really have no idea. I feel like uh, people do click the Ricky button this week. I, I think people want to click the Ricky button. 
But they're going to see Connor's won here. I th- but I, that's where I feel about Hideki and Hatton. They're like, I probably should play them because they're going to be, you know, an opportunity here. They're in the field, the 12 to 1, the Hideki injury stuff, withdrawal stuff, but I'll they don't say, actually click I'll it. And they say 23% on Ricky. Oh, that's insane then. I don't want any part of that. I had him lower and still wasn't sure I wanted much to do with it. So I wish he wasn't Andercurse, but it does seem like Taylor Montgomery is just. Taylor Montgomery played fucking awesome at match play and got beat by. Stupid Mac Hughes, king of match play, yeah. king of loser match play, Mac Hughes. Hey, man, that was what we said it was going to be, though. The, the Hughes-Speeth matchup, first of all, didn't Speeth beat him with the hole out at yep. the end? Like, felt bad for him, and then didn't Hughes come back and win out? Like, he, he won out, and he won the group, and he won, won the, group, the, so he, he won like, yeah. the sudden death. I mean, man. I, I picked the wrong guys last week for, like, the, the losers, but I nailed Herbert in the Hatton group. We had that. Because that was sort of— We did talk about the Burns over Cantlay being huge leverage for the slate. And Putnam, because Putnam could just go electric with his putter, and same as Mac Hughes. Like, they're— all of those guys, I mean, because I ended up going with Mad McNeely, who just was a disaster across the board. When he's when Mad McNeely is not like lapping the field and putting, he's not very good. Yeah, and we, and we put our faith in Denny to do the same thing. Denny's what killed if, me there. If, yeah. if Denny had just played the front nine, I think he would have been fine because he was felt being, like he was in the mix too. But then obviously he got annihilated, put to bed on eighteen by Rory with that driver. I mean, maybe he shouldn't have lost four straight the holes, holes to Keegan that. to lose the match on the opening day <laughs> to a guy who never wins at match yeah. play, Keegan Bradley. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, Keegan, not not the best, but hey, it wasn't on the uh, the East Coast. That's what we always say, right? Yeah. Is, is he playing on the and, East Coast? And like no. Kuchar's another one, like just yeah. hit his fairways. Hen, uh, Henley, who I loved, he ended up having like uh, he was the Davis Thompson situation. He went low, and it just didn't matter. It was too bad, B- bad grouping. I, I don't know. I, I guess the only thing I'll say about Ricky is like the PM lineups because there's all the PM guys there. I shouldn't say like write them off completely. I just will say that I will definitely get a lot more of Hatton, yeah, Matsuyama, Connors, and even Taylor Montgomery, who I do want to talk about because it feels like he's the guy that gets squeezed. He's right between Connors I and Siwoo. No one, everyone keeps mentioning him, like even us, and then we don't land on him. We don't start with him. We don't do anything with Taylor Montgomery, and he still somehow shows like 15 to 18% ownership. I just don't know if I truly believe that because he's the guy I think even if people mention him, they don't end up clicking the button. So on Fantasy National, he's showing like 8% ownership. I think that's probably more accurate than what I'm seeing out there in some other places. I, I do think that's a good call. I think you could definitely see him come in much lower than you would think. So let's see here. In terms of actual lineup generation, there have been 4,000 lineups generated so far. And that will like triple by the end of today when people actually start going to enter their lineups. I yeah. haven't generated any yet. But in the generated lineups, and 9.9% of lineups feature Taylor Montgomery. That's not to say that people are going to play all of those lineups. Right. Or they're just generating to mess around with it. And some of it's a product of pricing. Like when you have, a, we've just showed you many ways we can even leave thousands on the table where it's like, obviously when people need to use their money, they're going to just bump up to certain guys. That's what gets him a floor in ownership to start things. And then the fact that some people know how well he scores DK wise. So if he does get through a make a cut and gets a full weekend to play, he can go low for you. Obviously he has the the, the skills and the, and the tools to be able to do well here. It just depends on which Taylor Montgomery we get. So here are two lineups. I like Connors, Kucher, Fox, Kazire, Smotherman, Higo. Connors, Kucher, Fox, Kazire, Smotherman, Higo. Higo. This is like your perfect lineup. I know. They all fit? Is that even maxing out? Max it out. Smotherman. Garrick. Wow. All right. Projects poorly, but to be expected. Go ahead. Well, I mean, they they probably don't think that he goes like probably the favorite to win the Masters next week if he gets himself in. Eh, You'd be surprised. They're not giving, they're not really hating on Higo as much as Smotherman. 
But you have then, the inside knowledge on Smotherman. Got, got the inside Got to give him the 10-point bump just like that. So let's take... Who are you taking out? Connors and take Connors down to Montgomery. Okay. As the first man in. All right. Then we can, if we wanted to... Doesn't get you much, does it? 200 bucks. Yeah, it doesn't. Okay, I, guess, I guess it could get your uh, Kazire to Smalley. You could go Kazire to Smalley. You're getting close to you, getting... You could get back up to that 71. Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Smotherman out, Batia in. Oh, there you go. Akshay. So Montgomery, Batia. Akshay or Akshay? What do you say? Akshay. Akshay, okay. Batia. Ba, ba, Batia. <laughs> All right, we'll I go with that I want to see him in the Masters, so I just want him to win. And I want to win that bet at triple digits. That would be very nice. Man, I got it with you, by the way. I didn't mention that earlier. The 125 to yeah. start the week. It's kind of stayed there, I think, but still. Surprising. I mean, it Maybe shouldn't. it's not, but it's it, not it, pro- it probably shouldn't be. But to us, we're like, man, he should be lower. Like, no, that's what we're gonna get. So we're, we're, we'll be happy if it hits. Though you, with this lineup, you could take Kucher up to Kirk if you wanted to. Ooh, everyone's saying Kevin Chapel is this week's Batcham or Batcham. What if Batchia is is the new Batcham? That could be the thing this week. Kevin get him down. I think he's even the same number. Kevin Chapel wins. I'm gonna be fucking disgusted. I don't think he's gonna win. I don't think it's gonna end well. But we'll we'll leave it at that. And you said Kucher can be Kirk, right? Is what you're saying? If you wanted it to be. I don't mind that. So there's a bunch of players that we really haven't talked about. Uh, I, I think we've hit the top of the board. We haven't we haven't built the Hatton Matsuyama lineup, but I think that you, when I wanted to go to the bottom and talk about the pool of guys from 62 all the way up to 75, you can fill in the pieces. Which, I can what, I can just tell you really quick one thing that's funny because you did say it earlier. It, it, who was it again? It was Bramlett, Martin, and one other guy. Palmer. You said you, said you oh and Palmer. I didn't love them. I just say the stat, my stat. No, no, no. You said it likes them, but just so you know, when you build those three with Hatton and Matsuyama, it lands on your favorite player in the world, Higo. That's the build. Projects decent, too, actually. But I I would probably use someone else like Tyler Duncan or something, but either way. Tiddly Dunks. Yeah. Good good first name, I would say. But he's been playing better golf. I mean, there's a 100% chance Ryan Palmer's in a feature group if you really want to watch him. He's in the feature group every fucking week on ES. I think his dad is the commentator. (laughs) All they, I don't know who this guy is, who the commentator is, but all he does is root on Ryan Palmer and just make excuses for his terrible play. Yeah, if I take Palmer out too, though, because I kind of like Ben Martin, you can go to. Do you? You didn't talk about your boy Luke List this week. What about him? I mean, he's he rates out fifth in the model. Yeah. I don't know what to do here. You can do like that too. You can have like Martin Bramlett Duncan List and not have to play Palmer. I and, wish and Bramlett would go away because I, I I secretly think he's all right, but I hate using him. I love using him. Joey him. B Bramlett, what a name too! Just a perfect guy to have in your lineups. You can go Glover. You can do that. That's actually not a terrible way to... Oh, what about if I get my guy Twain? Patton, Matsuyama, Martin, Bramlett, Glover, Kazire works as well. Do you like Putnam this week? No. Darn. <laughs> I mean, t- Who, who's the guy you just said? Hatton, Matsuyama, Glover. Kazire. And yeah. then two of the 71s. Bramlett and Martin for me. Bramlett, Martin, Kazire. Okay. I just wanted to see if that projected okay or not. It should project. I don't know how Glover and Kazire project, but the other four should project. And I mean, you said Martin, right? Yeah, Ben Martin. That's not bad. It's about as good as all yours project. 
Yours are always coming in around like 10 points under what the main one we did was. So it's perfect. And that's what we kind of want for tournaments. Like, so we don't care as much about the projection. It's the idea of what the build looks like and how we're get, putting it up against other things. But again, in these builds, like I said, you're skipping all those 9K guys. So you're skipping the Montgomery's, the Coochers, the Kirks, the Siwoo's of the world. And then of course, and the rest. And then you're, you're also skipping all those 8K guys, which again, when you compare that to, that's the Riley's the in the 9K as well. But Riley, all that AM group that you talked about, Riley, Wallace, Dietrich, Coocher, all get skipped as well. So you end up just with a, a very different lineup. You are using 2 p.m. guys, but again, we've kind of talked through that already. I don't think we need to spend more time on that. We're okay with it. So the other ones to look at, and if you do think this is going to be wet, potentially windy, two guys that no one's using in the eights are Norin and Bezaden out. Mm-hmm. Norin's played like shit, but Bez has started to play a lot better. And these are like Bez conditions. Hit some fairways, scramble your ass off. I like rely both. on your 125-yard wedges. I like Norn better, but I do like them both. And they're both coming in at like 5 and 4% from what I'm seeing. I'm seeing like 5 to 8% on both range. I, I think that people will just inherently click on Ben Griffin. Yeah, he's definitely the one picking up the ownership there. Spawn is way lower as well. There's a guy who was riding a heater at the match play. I didn't see how he got it done. Like, I don't know if it was a lot of putter or whatever. Obviously, getting out of that group. It, it, it was everything the first two days. He, mm-hmm. was, he was the best guy on the course. He, he and Cam Young were untouchable. Just driving it down the middle, hitting it to 10 feet, making every putt. Man, that's what I was trying to look at here. So, I think this is the thing. If you go those three in a lineup, like Norin, Bez, Spawn, because it's three 8K guys where you're kind of setting things up to either use somebody at the top or skip the top and use somebody in the nines – you can land in that same range that we were talking about and then have a completely different build altogether. So who's, I guess, Connors, is if we're saying Connors is the safety net there, you're down to 6,800. But if you can drop down to Siwoo, you're at 7,000, where your 6,900, 71 would work, or your Batia and another 7K or $6,900 guy would work. Or you can drop to Riley and have two $7,100 guys who we talked about. But now at least, the one thing I would say about that is at least I don't mind if Riley's, how many people are using Riley? Lots. How many people are starting lineups with him? Probably lots in those AM ones that we talked about, AM it. onlys, but that's it. How many are using Riley and then using three 8K guys that don't even play in the morning? So That's another way to think about it. I, I got confused on the show. and you know, Sometimes I get confused. I'm getting older. But Nikolai Hoygaard was not the first-round leader last year here. Rasmus Hoygaard was the first-round leader here last year. Brother. Not, not the same guy. Maybe they'll pull like a evil ref situation from... Saturday Night Main Event in, like, 1988, where Dave and Earl Hebner got switched out, but one of them was the evil ref. <laughs> Maybe Rasmus comes out, plays the first round, and then Nikolai comes in to try to be the closer the rest of the time, and no one can tell the difference. We'd, we'd want Nikolai this week after what he did last week, though, so I'll, I'll stick with him. I, I think Rasmus is better, though. Pro- I, I think so, but just in general, the guy that's hottest right now is the guy that almost won last week. So if we go pure balance based on what you said, I don't actually like Norrin. I like Bez better than I like Norrin. So, and I would rather play Wallace over Norrin. Okay, and I'm so not take... seeing I'm not seeing crazy ownership on Wallace. Like I think he's very playable. He's in the right wave. Yeah, I think he's fine. So I would start my lineup with Ryan Fox, Fox, Bez, Wallace, Smalley, Davis, Hoygaard. Like pure balance, eighty seventy six hundred to nine thousand dollars. I don't think there's a huge gap between. I mean, I think Fox is way better than most of these guys because we've seen him do it on a very high level, and his game is kind of tailored to this course. Like the more I think about it. He's one of the longest players in the field, which is always inherently going to be an advantage at places. He's a fantastic wind player. Dude can scramble his ass off. Sometimes he doesn't putt. 
Yeah. There's, There's a lot, lot of guys who don't putt. This lineup is extremely unique. And the fact that, like you said, for potential winners here, Wallace, Bez, Fox, Hoygaard, and Davis, I could all see winning. Smalley is interesting because it's the guy we both liked. We said tournaments, like let's not put him in the best place, which means others wouldn't be doing the same as well. And remember where people are landing. This is the interesting part about a guy like Smalley. Everyone's landing on the Todd Rye Putnam or the Bramlett, Palmer, Martin, EVR, all the guys down at the bottom, others that we've named on this show. So it ends up with a, a very unique balanced lineup that, uh, that makes a lot of sense actually. So I don't hate that one. And again, it projects like eight to 10 points less than what our best one did, but this is a way different setup that has a lot that makes sense. And you've got really, I could see five of these guys winning this tournament at least. And that's what worries me about the Hatton Matsuyama builds. And I can see Hideki withdrawing. Yeah. <laughs> like Hideki, possible. Hideki played around last year and said, ah, fuck it. I'm out. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. A- anything can happen with those guys at the top and there's more reasons to be afraid than not. I'm just saying the fact that's the whole point when others aren't doing it, that's when I want to embrace yes, it no, I understand and do that. it. But it's not like I'm all in on this stack. I just think it's like, I just was going to show you how doable it was. You literally don't even need to touch the 6K range and you get to naturally skip a lot of that 9K and 8K chalk. So I just like stuff like that. You can do a hat and Connors. You could do, if you like Fowler this week, you can play Fowler Connors and do that instead. Like all I'm saying is you can mix guys up top and stay with two 10Ks and completely skip that 9K uh, Connors Montgomery might be a good one. Ooh. I like that, actually. Different Ooh. way to do it. Most are going Connors Siwoo or Connors Davis Riley or something like that. Or Connors Kucher, Kucher Kirk, whatever Kucher it is. Kirk, whatever. You now skip. When you go Connors Montgomery, you still get to play Connors, who we know should do pretty well here, has good history, solved before the Masters, all these things. But then you're skipping Siwoo, Riley, Kirk, and Kucher to drop down. So maybe it is Nick Taylor, Smalley. That leaves you 7,400. We said Kazire. And then who was the guy at 7,300 you like? Your guy, Higo. Keeps popping ba- ba- up. Batia's down there too. And you could play him and somebody else. Batia Smotherman. I think a lot of my lineups are going to end Batia Smotherman, Higo, Batia, Higo Smotherman. Look to the left on Sunday, my friend. That's where you'll find those lineups probably with, with Higo than that much of them. But we'll see. I, I think that... Uh, I got to ask you, when do you think the last time Garrett Higo missed a cut was? No idea. When's the last time he was on anywhere near a winning lineup in DraftKings? I don't know. He wins showdown lineups for people every week. Showdown lineups, or are we talking main slate here? I talk both. Actually, he missed the cut at the Arnold Palmer. Yeah. He, so both, I mean, he's sort of Matt Wallacey. At the elevated events, he's been really shit. In the other events, he's like, eh, dude just can't putt. He used to be able to putt, though. In Europe, he could putt. Yeah. It was weird. He does a lot of, he's good for 44th, 58th, 29th, 53rd. Like, he's really good at coming in 50th. Sure, but if you go look at his DK points versus his final... That, that matters. I'm with you. Yeah, that's helpful. He is one of the few people... I'm going to have some... He, you, this is the thing people always say, oh, like on this, you said this, or this, did that. Like, when we do the show and I save these lineups, I just play them in the... Oh, so do I. I, I put I, like 15 bucks on it because it's. I think it's in the $5 and it's in the $10 FGWC or something, and that's where I'll throw it. It's just where those end up. But when I build out my main like 130 that I end up being down to, I pr- I'm probably Xing he go out. We'll see. Oh, I got to throw it around the green. I'm just making like a really stupid stat model. I don't, he actually doesn't look that bad this week, to be honest. My problem is, like I said, I like Hardy. I like Sam Stevens. I like uh, guys that we didn't even talk about in that range. Like we talked some, but like Luke List, Will Gordon, Trey Mullinex. I, I like Mullinex. There is guys there that can definitely pop in this tournament. What about Patrick Rogers? No. 7,300. No. No. You talk about people losing their fucking money. There's a guy you can lose your fucking money on. <laughs> Lots of people do. And for 10 years straight, yeah. 10 years running, people losing their money on Patrick Rogers. Went to the same school as Tiger Woods. 
He beat his records. He's better than Tiger Woods. <laughs> He's better than Tiger Woods. He, he, he once had a first-round co-lead, I think. I play him all the time, but here's the thing about him. Okay, miscut, 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 miscut with a 36th and a 14th. And he came third in, like, Bermuda. Or no, something. but then look at his run before that is 14th, 10th, 16th, 27th, 3rd, 16th. That's a good run. And that's going to score, too. He's going to score well to get there as well. So, again, it's a lot of risk. But what the benefit of a guy like him, the way I look at this, Pat, is simple. Likely, way more likely to miss a cut, but also when he doesn't miss a cut, it's usually like a top 15, and there's scoring that goes with that where he can score. So I think that's where I treat him, someone like him, a little bit differently in my tournament pool that I'm more than okay with it because I know the risk that I'm taking on. Maybe you can balance it somewhere else by not having so many guys that can blow up completely in those same builds. But for me... I don't mind Patrick Rogers for 7,300. What do, you think, what do you think of my fix for the match play, although the match play doesn't exist anymore? You talked about the LPGA, the Corn Ferry, I like the celebrity one. What if you put a master spot up for Corrales? Whoever wins Corrales gets a master spot, and then you can kind of like cut to Corrales during match play. Anything to get more golf. The problem is, is always what I, it's exactly what I said. As the weekend goes on, it gets worse. The yeah, amount of I matchups agree. go down, and it didn't even matter. Like Rory and Scheffler, if even had that had been the championship matchup, we're all watching it still. We're all loving it still. It just, the, the same as what I always said, when Phil and Tiger played, everyone's like, oh, it's going to be the best thing forever. Oh, look at all the people are buying pay-per-views for it, all this. I w- I've been saying about the match since day one, it's boring. The, the mat, the, but the match is different. I mean, I don't love the match. Sure. But at least there's the entertainment production aspect. When like, JT was on there, Pat Perez, sure, it makes it better. Yeah, it, yeah. it makes it better. Barkley or whatever. Be- be- because they are now, they know they only have one match. They know they have time to fill. So they're going to be like, what can we do in between? Mm-hmm. in order to like liven this up a bit so people don't automatically tune out. They don't do any of that for the match play. They're like, as I pointed out, here's Scotty Scheffler eating a sandwich for four minutes. It's bad. Like, oh, good. It's it's really tough. I, I Like I said, the reason I like the other one, Kenny kind of thought of it and I just innovated off it was if we had like, the if you do it the weekend before, at least when you go to the next weekend, you're cutting back to shots. Like, how did this guy even get here? But really it's about growing the game, which I always say, and featuring other people and players and tours. You can have an LPGA one going on at the same time where they play incredible golf as it is like it's again it's not for everybody but if you watch them very good players on that tour and then same with the corn fairy tour we talk about all the time your boy do another impression for us cootie where he's coming from pearson cootie thank you where what's the common saying just get his dad to put up all the money in the we could have cootie versus cootie (laughs) he's coming back every week now When, when you get this guy though the conversation you hear all the time is simple it's why is he not on the tour already why aren't they making a spot for him all this because you have to earn it like everybody else does max holm has been quoted as saying that it's the best thing about the pga tour is everyone had to earn the same keep to get there you don't just get a free spot you have to find a way in like everybody else did and if you're not good enough to do so or if luck doesn't break your way and you want to call it that Go back, like I always say, nobody cares, work harder. Put the time in, figure it out. You got to get on the same way. If they featured other tours on that Sunday, I think it would still be exciting. We just need more matchups going on at the same well, time. Well, it can't be less exciting. Definitely. Like, let's less just start exciting. with that barometer. Yeah, it can't be worse. But don't, don't you find even Sunday morning is great? Like leading up to it, I thought Sunday morning was still, it literally both went to extra holes and stuff. Like that, yeah, but, but here's the problem. They got the best case scenario for Sunday morning. Well, the seating and everything the way it worked just, out. Not, just take the seating out of it. You just have four guys playing match play. It was close the entire way. Mm-hmm. It was back and forth. It went to extra holes. There was a ton of drama. That so rarely happens. And it that's is true. That is best case scenario for what could have happened based on the players that were involved, essentially. All one seeds, close matchups, extra holes, tons, tons of things on the line, be it money, yeah. points, status, win, whatever it might be. 
That's what I say. You're Look not at giving the final. Up. Birds won fucking seven and six. Yeah, that's it's horrible. Like, great. That's what I say. You're not giving up that much. Bringing the LPGA and the Corn Ferry Tour from the weekend before, bringing the finalists to get to play the main match play course that everyone else plays. Come off at different runs that they come out and do it, and you have all those ones you can feature with the same cameras, with the same crews. It doesn't take that much. Yes, they have to wait a week to play over versus these guys are playing seven straight through. It's not the same, but it is apples to apples for their tour to do it. And that, again, it's just a small thing I thought of there with Kenny and thought of it, but I just thought of if you did it like that and did it simultaneously, like the week after, you could have cutbacks to the shots of how they got there. You have more time to fill with stuff that makes sense. You could feature it, and I actually think it would be a pretty good run out for what you would get to see. I completely agree. And it fills the time. Yeah. That's, that's all we're looking to do here. What yeah. what happens during the five minutes of downtime? Between it's also hard for people to, again, I know it's not for everybody anyway, but for people to see like, oh, now let's cut to the Corrales. Even though there's a lot on the line, it's now your match play to stroke play. You're the, the best in the world at the match play that made it to the top 64 versus these guys that are like, oh, those guys get to play over yeah, in Corrales. Yeah, but you, you could frame it as whoever wins gets into the Masters. And sure. like that, that, that is just the easiest sell job in the world. It's good SJ yeah. if you need one. Just we hey. love a good SJ, HJ, BJ. There's lots of, lots of good Js, but I, I don't know if I, they would be able to do as good of a job of it just because I don't know if as many people care as no, what we think. But they, but they don't care. And they do a horrible SJ anyway. Look at this week. If Ricky Fowler's in the mix on Sunday for his chance to get back to the Masters, this is his only way, and it's a one-way ticket for everybody it is now, but I'm just using Ricky because of his popularity. Don't you feel almost like a little bit of a Tiger Woods situation where, like, it's only going to be a, able to do a good SJ if it is Ricky? Yes. Like, if it's, oh, but Akshay can get in this weekend, we're all like, sweet, we got a 125-1 to ticket, and Abatia might get into the Masters. That would be cool, but nobody else cares at home. But if it's Ricky, they can really sell this thing, and it's going to be a lot of good drama down the stretch. That's it. There, there's one guy in this field who you can sell. Best part is you can't rig golf. Like in the sense of getting him in the middle. Like you can't make him make his putts and make him get there to fit the score in. But if they could, they would, I'm sure, because it would be a lot of good drama if they could get Ricky into the mix this week. Oh, man, if Ricky is in the mix, people will watch this tournament. It's going to be nuts. When, when it I was, will be nuts. That's I, what I'm saying. I keep throwing this idea around with Feinberg of if we had to rank the non-Tiger Woods, the top 10 most important players to the PGA Tour. I think Ricky's number two. Feels like it. Spieth, then Ricky. Yeah, I think the Hideki thing is bigger than some think it just because J- Japan golf sure. is just so big in general. So obviously the international scope, not that the PGA u- utilizes that much, but just to say, yeah, speed for sure, um, you know. But I, but if you had to ask like my grandma, my grandma watches golf. Yeah. And she fucking hates speed and hates Rory. It's really hilarious. Rory, I, I, I have no idea why. But in terms of like overall, if this player is in the mix, what draws interest? It's not Scheffler. Yeah. It's not really wrong. It's literally embarrassing. There's 45-year-old, 50-year-old men rocking full orange suits at the course. Like, he's literally he's, done something insane for the game. If anyone denies that, they're crazy. It's cra- it is yeah. really crazy. Like, it's people nuts. love Ricky. They people do. love Spieth. People love Ricky. Yeah. And at least Ricky, like, kind of has a personality. Spieth has no... Spieth, the thing that I've come around on Spieth on is I used to find him incredibly boring. I just like watching him on the... Like, people get so annoyed when him and Greller go back and forth. It's I think the it's, best. I think it's fucking fascinating. It's some of the best TV you'll like, get it's on, just, on a golf course, for sure. He is the most relatable good golfer of all time because he's out there, like freaking out over every shot the guy's fucking awesome and he's also a truly good person have you ever watched some of the behind the scenes yeah. i know they say he's dead but he'll literally come back in the dark and sign the autographs stuff like, like it, it, people give speed a ton of shit myself included sometimes obviously a very good person loves what he does it's the passion man you, you don't get those type of conversations and themes and conti- continuously and consistently coming up if someone doesn't have such a passion for the game obviously one of the best in the world it makes sense but the stuff between him and greller is made for tv it's perfect i also think that tom kim is more important than hideki for them being good. Okay. Like, if if they're both, let's say, in contention to be top 10 players in the world, which they are, 
that I think it's better for Tom Kim to be a better player than Hideki. Now you lose Japan, you get more of Korea, but you also have someone who can communicate with the North American audience, which Hideki just doesn't do. They don't. Have, yeah, I was so for Tom that. Tom Kim can for that angle maybe, but at the same time, it's you don't have to lose anything. You want no, no. both. They want yeah, Japan you do, and obviously South Korea you want both. And, all, and all this stuff, so they can both chime in on that aspect. But obviously, Tom Kim, quite the personality. Decky just naturally does some some funny things, like when he won Augusta, and he's just chilling at the airport with the jacket like draped over the seat. But I think he's taking commercial. Maybe it's just to the first stop or whatever. But it's just funny to see that. But yeah, Hideki has played the the card that he just you know he needs the the translator. All that. Some people say that he actually speaks pretty good English. He just doesn't want to talk to the public. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a, his personality. Maybe yeah. Shy. I mean, why? If it was you, Shideki. Shideki. New nickname. Shideki Matsuyama. If it was me, what? What would I? If it, if it was you and there was no obligation for you to speak English, right? Which means you get to dodge ninety five percent of the questions you're ever sure. asked. Why wouldn't you take that route? Yeah. It's not like you're not making endorsement money. You're That's making true. all the endorsement money. Strixen. Strixen, and I assume everything in Japan. Oh, everything. I'm guessing. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, Rom too. We didn't talk about Rom. Rom would fit in the mix. Yeah, I mean, I, Scheffler is the low man on the totem pole because he's boring. He's like boring Spieth. He's, he's very boring, but he's obviously incredible at what he does. And yeah, he, another really good person, but it's like it's not going to translate as much. I don't What's his endorsements right now? I'm sure he has plenty, but I, I don't feel like we see him a bunch. Like even Morikawa just got into the mix the last couple of years, obviously winning the majors and stuff. You started to see him featured in these insurance commercials with his lady and then, uh, you know, other stuff like that. But I, I haven't seen him too much before that either. So it's no, like, you'd think Victor would be somewhat bigger, but it just seems like he wants to chill. Yeah, he, he was supposed to be like the Norwegian Ricky. He's got the the smile, the funny tit, like he he drops the quips and stuff like that. Like, stay off the weed, man. Like, all this stuff. He's pretty funny, but you just don't see it as much. And obviously his wins haven't been the best wins to brag about. They're they're very good wins and incredible stuff that he does. But it's nothing that people are going to go to and say, oh, remember when Vic did this? We remember. But I don't think as many will. Yeah, I need Sheffler to be, like, super arrogant or something like that. He's far too humble. He's far too nice. And he, what he's doing right now is absolutely incredible in terms of, like, the run that he's on. Although, you have to caution people a little bit. Let's have a reminder that he didn't win after the Masters last year. It's no different than what we talked about with Rom a month ago. Remember when Rom was unbeatable and he was by far the best player in the world? And now he, like, kind of sucks? Lost to Ricky Fowler. Like, yeah. This stuff changes. It ebbs and flows in golf. And the only guy who's ever been able to sustain that is Tiger. And, there's, and listen, Tiger wasn't much of a personality. His personality was he fucking won every time. Yeah, and Scheffler that's Scheffler's only path to being this huge star is that if he legitimately wins every time for five years I think it's also too looking for alpha boss like Tiger was an alpha boss he just goes out and wins dominates the field one job won't even talk to you as he's crushing your soul and taking down and winning another tournament or whatever he's doing versus like Scheffler's laugh funny like as it goes he doesn't care about anything but he's just that damn good that it's like too bad and you're just like damn this guy cannot miss a shot I need him just to make a mistake here nope but he did make a mistake against Sam Burns in the match play yeah. on Sunday. That was uh, Sam Burns' head in hand. Hit, hit, hit hands. it through the wind. Well, no, the, the three-foot putt to win the match. Oh, yeah. At the end, an extra hole. Uh, Burns is over there. Not, not like he's in tears, like literally just knowing it's over. He knows how good his buddy is. Why, wait, it's a three-foot putt. He's not going to miss it. Oh, wait. There's more. He misses it. Now it goes into extra holes. Another extra hole. He beats him and then goes on to win the whole tournament. Like, talk about ebbs and flows. That's just the way it goes. It's incredible, the, the ups and downs of golf. We're really missing a Phil personality right now. We are. That, We're missing a lot of that. I'm so excited for the Masters see, that, next week because we get all the personalities. We get, yeah, we get all the personalities back in the mix. Back. See, that, that's the Cantley move. Cantley wants to like yeah. rise above here. Just adopt like the million dollar man gimmick. 
He does just, sometimes. He kind of, but he really needs to lean into it. Just like, be su- we, we need one of these. You know they're all fucking super arrogant anyway. They're fucking country club golfers. Well, we've heard Cantlay has done the pampered fucks. Yeah, give me a we, Mai Tai. we like, need more of chilling it. Chilling in the chair, no shirt on with the girls behind him and the drinks. We, like need, this. we need more of it all the time. Yeah. I, I think Cantlay would be a good one to embrace it. I just don't know if he cares that much. He's, you know, he said he wasn't on social media. Now he's on social media. People make fun of his clothes. He doesn't really give a shit. Like, I, I don't know. We need... Phil was awesome. Remember when Phil started doing social media and coming out with the the clips and the fireside, the fireside and the coffee chats. stuff and all that? Like we 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 need that back. But yeah, right now it's it's tough scene. Next week should be a lot of fun though at Augusta National Golf Club. Yeah, and we're gonna have a ton of Masters coverage coming at you. I just redid uh, what what I like to call my wind and hard course model. Mm-hmm. So it has proximity from one hundred to one twenty five, one twenty five to one fifty, because guys are gonna be like scrambling from fucking everywhere. Because you know, sometimes you have to chip it back out of the woods from here. And if you're going to scramble, that's a good one to look at. Scrambling, gained on the field. Putting from 5 to 10, putting from 10 to 15, off the tee and around the green. Best player in the field, Ben Griffin. Mm-hmm. Griffin, Siwoo, Hickok, Shank, J.J. Spawn. Then Hideki, Smalley, Hatton, Montgomery, Eric Cole. Then you get your S.H. Kim, Nick Taylor, Roberto Diaz, Matt Wallace, Norlander, Fox, Kirk, Molinari, and Kuchar. Yeah, the one takeaway I would have just from a lot of the names that you mentioned, obviously they fit the mold because you built the mold, but I'm just saying like if it does turn into a grinder style event, like all those guys that you mentioned, like the the Norins, the Bezes, the even like a, an SH Kim who's solid around the greens and stuff like that, like can find his way. The, you didn't mention Rye, but we talked about Rye earlier, like he could be a guy that grinds through for you. If he can make some of those putts, the reason he's not showing up there is because he doesn't make yeah, just those like, putts. Just like Ben Ann. Ben Ann is actually a great guy to have in this circumstance. Yeah, that's where I would I would lean to that a lot more. The Kuchers who you talked about, Ryan Fox is some of those guys that are just used to those conditions and can grind through it. You could build some lineups around that as well. Kind of like a, a guy ben rousa likes to build the the stats st- stat correlated lineups it's it's almost like a course fit if it turns into that where you could set it up that way so i, I don't hate that idea either i will do it on the pat mayo experience playing the pat mayo experience masters listeners league the link is down in the description right now you got the tidbits what was the most interesting tidbit this week mm, Put you on the spot gosh it's tough to say i, I think uh Maybe because uh, Kazire stuff, like I said, because I'd want to look into it a little bit more with the Sony Open stuff and bringing that across. There was some stuff that crossed over with it. I don't remember off the top of my head, now, but that's so, what stood out. So here's the one thing you always have to remember when you see the crossover stuff is, are they the better players in these crappy tournaments? Mm-hmm. It's true. Like Siwoo does well. I mean, Siwoo just won the Sony Open, but he tends to play in the weaker field events. Mm-hmm. That's why sometimes, again, but sometimes don't overthink it. And we talked about people like Cebu here. People, you know, Kazire makes sense. We could, we could go with that. You start plugging some of that stuff in and thinking of it from that angle. That can possibly be it. But uh, in general, there's a lot of good stuff in those tidbits. People put out a lot of great content around this space. I try and feature it as much as possible. I lean on them for help and support and everything that we do together. So follow me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. If you retweet the tidbits today, you'll go in a, a draw. I'm going to give away at least one $100 Millimaker ticket. And then on the at FG Degenerates Twitter there's a contest over there as well where you can get up to eight ballots. Somebody said, oh, is that all I got to do? Like coming at the, the contest. I said, no, that's, it's eight available. You can also do zero and have no chance to win if you want me to be a complete dick. But at the end of the day, it's just fun. It's free money. People love free money. And a chance to get in a $100 Millimaker with a million bucks up top. And for, le- for a retweet. Less than 30,000 people. I mean, it's a pretty good deal. So yeah, I, I like giving it away. I like having some fun with it. And hopefully if I don't win it, somebody else does that I've got the ticket to. 
at Toetag and Tambo on Twitter once again. The tidbits will be featured in the Mayo Media newsletter, which will be released on Wednesday evening. I'll have a bunch of them coming out for the Masters. I've already started doing all my Masters work, and we'll have Masters show at least by the end of the week and go boom, 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 boom. We'll probably have like a week's worth of Masters shows coming up for you. So it's that time of year. Let's get excited. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get that 20% off the weekly, the monthly, the yearly, whichever one that you want. But if you do it on the Wednesday, you get Wednesday to Wednesday. So two tournaments for the price of one. All right, smash the like on the way out. I'm Pat Mayo. See you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.